every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house. Your weekend wake-up tradition. Come on around back, Arizona. If you're a regular listener, you're looking at the calendar. What is going on? Farm Bureau's in on the first Saturday of the month, not the second Saturday. Well, we kind of had a little rollover. No one. It was a really blatant, obvious mistake. Caught that the last broadcast or the last Saturday of 21 was on Christmas, which we don't broadcast on Christmas. So we bumped Greg Peterson to the first week, Farm Bureau in on the second. So the whole month of January, and if you've got the home maintenance calendar, is all rolled back a week, but doesn't detract from the great content that we're going to have here today. We've got the Farm Bureau and Julie Murphy, the spokeswoman for the Arizona Farm Bureau. We're talking leafy greens today, and as always, you've got a local farmer rancher guest in studio with you. Good morning, Romy, and it was okay that I came in today instead of on uh, New Year's morning because, you know, although I have a hard harder time staying awake at midnight when the ball drops, it was kind of nice not to have to worry about coming in on New Year's <laughs> Day. But yes, I have a guest today, Cammie Weddle. Uh, some of the listeners might recognize that we had her in earlier this summer where we were talking about watermelons or melons in general. Well, Cammie's back with us because she has such an expertise working for Russo Farming Company here in Maricopa County, but she's also hails from Yuma originally, and her family, uh, I believe, still farms there. So because the topic is leafy greens, we've got all sorts of things to talk about. Welcome, Cammie, and thanks for joining us again. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Beautiful day. So um, give us your title and tell us a little bit about what you do for Russo Farming Company here in Maricopa County. Yeah, so I um, am Director of Food Safety and Quality for Russo, as you mentioned, and um, I'm basically in charge of implementing, managing, and overseeing all the food safety and quality items um, for our farm. So um, it's it's a big job, but it's a fun job. It's a unique job. Not a lot of people know that there's food safety managers for all these growers out here in farms. And um, so it, it presents challenges, but it's uh, it's fun. And So to be a food safety oversight individual, what did you have to get your degree in? There isn't any specific degree that you have to do, but my path, um, I have a degree in microbiology and cool. a minor in chemistry. And um, But really, a lot of the food safety growers, they usually have a science background or a degree, um, but they also just have a lot of that hands-on experience. And there's a lot of great training and resources that these food safety professionals can take nowadays, and they can um, you know, just expand on their knowledge that way. So really, I've been doing this now for 15 years almost, uh, which is crazy to think. But um, I had no idea when I got out of school in uh, 2004, I guess, and uh, with my micro degree that this is where it would lead me. But um, I was excited that I was still able to stay in farming, um, but also, you know, use some of that science in farming, but 
do it on the food safety side versus on an agronomy side or um, and a harvest side. So that's kind of how my path has evolved. And um, well, and then to that point, it's allowed you to stay in it. What's your background from Yuma? I mean, tell us about your farm family. From yeah, Yuma. my family um, still grows. Uh, they mostly do alfalfa and citrus lemons in Yuma. And um, so I grew up on a my grandparents were farmers and my dad and now my brother is is working on the farm as well. So uh, Yuma and um, farming has kind of been in my blood. But like I said, I had no idea that I would still stay in agriculture because I didn't see myself, you know, being a farmer or anything specifically. So the food safety, when that kind of opened up um, after I left school, you know, we had a large outbreak in this country. And so the industry was coming together and they were, um, you know, going over these science-based um, guidances and, and developing them as an industry. So it was a unique time. It was a neat time for me to dive in. So it kind of just has flowed that way for me um, over the last 15 years. And this young, young woman is an up-and-comer because uh, besides, we just uh, submitted her name and it was approved for on the national level with the American Farm Bureau Federation for her to be on the issues advisory committee for the food safety group. Props to you on that. Thank you. And then on top of that, she's involved with Arizona's Leafy Greens Marketing Agreement. I got Mm -hmm. it right, I think. You did, yes. And so we have in studio somebody that really is focused on supporting the effort for us to produce quality, healthy, safe food for Arizonans and then our families across America. So talk a little bit more about why we've done such a good job here in Arizona when it comes to food safety. Is it because of people like you? (laughs) (laughs) I think so. I mean, we we do. We have a lot of great um, longtime farming families in this state, and they really care about the product that they're putting out on the shelves. And um, they provide this product to their families. I mean, I eat all of our lettuce and leafy greens. Um, so it's we want to provide a safe and nutritious product. And I think Arizona, um, with the University of Arizona Cooperative Extension, they have a great team um, that has really helped harness that science um, and back these guidances that the on a leafy green marketing agreement um, is founded on. And um, we, ju- we just really have a really dedicated um, staff and volunteers that um, believe in what we do. And we want to make sure that farming stays in Arizona for years to come, that it's not something that's going to move into different states or different um, countries. And we have a unique thing here in Arizona with the ability to uh, grow these crops in the winter time. We have a mild desert climate that just lends itself to being able to grow these commodities really well. And, um, you know, we've unfortunately had some outbreaks that have, have occurred. But I think as an industry um, and and working with those scientists to figure out what's happening in our environment and why these things are occurring is really why we've been able to be successful. And And we feed, I don't know the exact number, but it's in the millions of servings of salad and leafy greens every day. One, I wish I had that. 130 million there, thank you. salads a day is what they yes. estimate America consumes. And the number of different types of leafy greens. I know there's 15 that were listed that are grown yes. in Arizona. Uh, 
a lot of these I, I had never even heard of before yeah. getting this information Endive, from Drew. Escarola, I think I said that right. Spring mix, cabbage, romaine, butter lettuce, arugula, iceberg lettuce, green leaf lettuce, red leaf lettuce, baby leaf lettuce, spinach, kale, char- chard, and uh, radicio, I radicchio. guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, there's a, a lot. And I mean, Arizona grows a lot more commodities, but these 15 are the ones that the Arizona Leafy Green Marketing Agreement really um, focuses on. And this is if you're a part, if you're a member of that um, agreement, then these are the commodities that you have to be in compliance with. So and to bring this down to the consumer level, you and I, you know, you said you eat the produce that you guys grow. We have to get a little bit better at eating our leafy greens and our fruits and vegetables. According to a 2019 study, only 12.3% of U.S. adults consumed the recommended levels of fruit and vegetables, and 10% got the recommended levels of just vegetables. Um, Data showed that the overall efforts on us eating our fruits and vegetables Vegetables obviously has to improve, and they always talk about uh, the daily recommended servings of fruits and vegetables averages four to five. And I always ask the question, well, what's a serving? <laughs> so uh, the easiest way one of my nutritionist friends told me is, it's Julie, what's the size of your fist? That's basically a serving. So we all have to get better at getting those four to five servings of our fruits and vegetables on a daily basis. Well, it's how you measure that, you know. A, right. A, Leaf of lettuce covers my fist. Yeah. So in that regards, I'm way above serving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And I every morning for breakfast, scrambled eggs, and I just dump in uh, a, a lot of the like kale, the harder leafy greens that are high in the vitamin C and antioxidants and stuff like that. So it's you. It's not as hard to get that four to five servings a day. No, it's not. I mean, what I like to do is I and I haven't done it since before the holidays, I'll have to admit, is make a smoothie in the morning. Right. And I always put in, you know, a cup of spinach, and then I'll put some cauliflower and then a mango or a banana, something also sweet. But then you don't even taste the spinach, and you're still getting it. And it's like, because some people don't like the taste of raw spinach. And um, so, but Or that's some of their other leafy greens. Like yeah, you say exactly. some people. I think you'd be hard-pressed finding somebody that does. <laughs> right. It's probably a better, yeah. And all my ranchers, uh, they're they're promoting the leafy greens because they say, you know, a great mixed salad goes great with a steak or a great mixed salad goes great with our, our pork, our local pork. So Yeah, you can't beat a wedge salad. That's like my oh, favorite. Yes. It's Just very good. Blue cheese and so, um So talk about, you know, we always think about and default to Yuma production because it's so big. Uh, John Boltz, one of our farmers, he's also vice president of Arizona Farm Bureau. He says that anywhere from 1,000 to 1,200 semi-loads, semi-load trucks are leaving daily Yuma. So our leafy greens production in Yuma is huge. It's a pendulum swing. Usually in the summer, everything's coming from California, then it shifts to Yuma. But why is production so good in Yuma County, Maricopa County, where Russo Farms is, and now I hear there's more leafy greens production even occurring in Pinal County. I think a lot of it just really has to do with the weather, the climate that we have. We just have that mild climate. We don't have a lot of freezing cold mornings over. I mean, we did over the last week. And so we we start harvesting later in the day. We can't start at 7 a.m. It's usually like 10 a.m. before we can start harvest. But I, I think the majority of that is is because of that weather. Um, and then we've had really good availability 
quality of water in Yuma County. And, um, you know, our climate is not much different than Yuma County up up here. It's um, maybe a little colder in some mornings, but it's it's pretty similar. So I think that that's pretty much the main reason. What's um, I wanted to ask you this question, just thinking how unique your job is in uh, farming. What's your favorite aspect of your job? I, I will give you the break to think about it because we can do a lot here at Rosie on the House, but we can't stop the clock. I'm not treating you to lunch anymore. You had to tell Julie that I made a special point of telling you that I bought you the big salad, didn't you? You know, if it was a regular salad, I wouldn't have said anything. But you had to have that big salad. Crazy. You know what Perfect. else is a really good one? The Real Man of Genius commercials. They had one about a taco salad, and only you can pack like 1,800 calories into your taco salad. But is it healthy? Of course it is. It's a salad. I love that. Well, Cammie, and, we, go ahead. And spinach, I was kind of making a joke about you know who does enjoy it, but one of the nutritional fact points you had on here was it's a natural hydrator being 91% water and rich in vitamin A, C, K, <clears throat> potassium and fiber and leafy greens themselves especially dark ones have uh, protein vitamins minerals and anti- and antioxidants yes they're very healthy keep eating the veggies it, the study was proving americans aren't eating enough of them and yuma has plenty of yuma and maricopa county and pinal county and arizona have plenty of them but cammy my question to you before we had a break was what's your favorite thing about your work I guess I can't really name just one thing. I really like that it's different every day. Um, Like I was just saying at the break that after this, I'm going to go out to the crews and do some harvest crew inspections or assessments and make sure um, that they're documenting their daily assessments, you know, that the crews are wearing their gloves and they're washing their hands at break and um, that the equipment has been sanitized properly. And so I go through kind of just a little check of them and then it just allows me the time to be able to engage with them and interact with the crews because we have a lot of really great employees that are working every day hard to get this um, to our tables. Um, so I really like that. And then the other thing I really like is just trainings in general. I like mm. being able to train um, and, like I said, interact with them, um, explain why we're doing what we're doing. And uh, sometimes you see those light bulb moments where they're like, oh, I get it. I get why I'm, you know, washing this machine or sanitizing this machine. And um, so trainings are also kind of fun for me to do. But you have to admit that they they probably say, oh, my gosh, Cammie's coming. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure that there's like, oh, here she is. What's she going to pick on us today for? Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're, like I said, it's it's uh, a great group of people, and we always kind of joke around with each other. So they, there's they a great work really cr- hard. and camaraderie. I, mm-hmm. I remember having grown up on a farm, and there's so many activities on the farm, especially when it comes to harvest, where there's a lot of us. Now, of course— Our family didn't do leafy greens, but you just build a really strong and solid relationship with a lot of the people you work with. Yeah, and we've had a lot of longtime employees um, work with us. Um, Our harvest supervisors are all really great, and, you know, they're out there coordinating 20 different crews with, you know, 
15 different commodities. And then with those on a lettuce pack or a romaine pack, every single retailer has their own bag, their own label, their own box that it needs to go into and or their wire tie that's wrapped around it. So the fact that they're able to coordinate all that, it's just Amazing. they do a really great job. And, and they're working out in the elements, too, a lot of the time, you know, the wind or the cold, they're dealing with frost. Um, We've had we have frost. rain. Mm-hmm. We've had this rain. So they're out there, you know, pushing the Whoa. tractors with the other tractors. And they're just, uh, it's, just it's really great group of people that work really hard. We have to really appreciate what it takes to get that salad to our table. And we so easily forget. And on that point, you know, we just listed most of the leafy greens that fall under the Arizona Leafy Greens Marketing Agreement. Explain exactly what that means to me, the consumer. Why, why should I care about that? So 98% of the Arizona lettuce and leafy greens are covered by the marketing agreement. The marketing agreement is a voluntary program that a grower or a shipper, somebody who's shipping the product out in their label, um, signs up for. And once they're signed up, then it's mandatory compliance. So they have uh, state um Uh, auditors or inspectors that go out and make sure that the grower and the shipper are following these food safety guidances that we've put together as an industry. And um, there's, I think there's 15 different sections in it. So it covers items like water, uh, soil amendments, um, harvesting practices, equipment, sanitation, packaging material. So there's all these different sections in the agreement um, that then have, you know, uh, guidances under them and best practices that they have to follow. And it, um, it, basically, that's kind of where my job fits in. We have to make sure that we've outlined um, practices that fit in those guidances and that we're implementing them on the farm. So as a farmer, if I say I, I volunteer to be part of it and you have the specific protocols, one of the first things I have to do then is document my practices. Yes. And then once I document those practices, I have to keep applying them, evaluating them, auditing them myself and then having a separate third party come in and audit me correct exactly okay. mm-hmm. yeah it's it sounds simple when you put it that way but um it's some of these it, it can be complicated um so right on any given day there could be something that pops up on the farm that you have to make sure you're following and um so it's it's a great job it's a unique job and glad we do it Talking leafy greens, an Arizona commodity. The goal with our Farm Fresh broadcast is to connect you, the Arizona homeowner, with local goods from our Farm Bureau, farmers and ranchers that are available at your grocery stores. So when you're out shopping, you buy local, support the local farm and ag industry. Romaine, leafy green, butterhead, iceberg, all of these leafy greens, only thing left to say is I love them. A good, a good insight to how Gary spends his Friday nights putting those tracks together for us. Nicely done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A dispute resolution panel by a diplomat from Uruguay 
ruled that Canada will be forced to end tariffs on U.S. dairy products that will increase sales to Canada from American dairy, dairy farmers by over $200 million. We're, I know we're talking leafy greens today. That, that was a pretty big headline, and dairy uh, and cattle are pretty big on the Arizona Agri- yeah. Farm Bureau Agricultural Wheel of uh, – dollar receipt value to the state so that'll be great for for america and for the trade and then you know food safety cammy this one i pulled this out of the wall street journal i don't know what an agricultural ministry worker is but that's what these people are and they are throwing away i mean they're they're throwing eggs into a tractor skid steer hundreds of thousands of eggs that they're just throwing away trying to end the bird flu and what they call the worst the the deadliest wildlife disaster in israel's history the bird flu is killing thousands of migratory cranes that's heartbreaking no it is that is really devastating so the the measures of food safety it's a huge spectrum oh right yeah from dairy to eggs to leafy greens it's yeah, all of our food, there's a lot of practices, and I, I'm glad that we're having segments like this so that we can, you know, get out to our consumers that there's a lot that our industry does behind the scenes on any commodity to make sure that what we're producing is safe for our consumers. And it really fascinates me, you know, we all remember every now and then, you know, you hear like there's an E. coli breakout or this or that, but when, I mean, when you consider that we eat three times a day and that there's a disaster once every few years. That's pretty impressive. Oh, right. It, yeah. It's not even really once every f- three few years. It seems like if it has occurred, it's been like once every decade or so, or I, even then. Yeah. And I think that we are just getting really good at being able to track these illnesses and, and narrow down closer, you know, genetics, where they're coming from, the strain. So, um that I, makes it good. Yeah, we're we are producing what we said a million over a million. One hundred and thirty million. One hundred and thirty. Thank you. I need to get that in my mind. One hundred and thirty million servings every day that you're eating. So our food is extremely safe, especially. I mean, if you hear of one or two illnesses, you know, here or there, we don't know where in the supply chain that could have happened. It could have happened when it was being prepared at your own kitchen. Mm-hmm. It could have happened, you know, anywhere along the the supply chain. So. One thing I did read one time is CD. The CDC says that most of the time when you get some kind of food illness, it's because of your preparation in the kitchen. So we could do a segment on, you know, how to carefully prepare your food so you don't get yourself sick. So I thought that was interesting when they track those numbers. A good chunk of it has to do with our own home cooking preparation. Mm -hmm. But I... I, Go ahead. So that's an interesting point because it's the statistic is uh, Americans eat 130 million salads a day. My mind, it, it was all... That's what's served in restaurants. No, does it's, that count what's made in personal homes? Because I don't know how you would, you know, restaurants and food receipts. I I believe the statistic. I can see that's a little bit easier to track than what people are making in their home. And, yeah. and of that 130 million, I'm proud to say I and that's daily. 130 million a day on an average year. I proudly contribute to that number, maybe three times <laughs> or four. There you go. 
I'm always. Gonna... I should have brought some salad in here then for yeah. you, and you could at least add one more. He could have added it, added your... it to the week. Yeah. Well, I I think you can count it on a cheeseburger. I put lots of lettuce oh, on yeah, my cheeseburger. Yeah, there you go. That's okay, that's no, I don't know. I don't, it's kind of a stretch, that. but we tomato appreciate... to tomato lettuce. Uh, same Especially thing. Especially if it's Do you actually eat it, or do you put it on the side? <laughs> no, I. Okay, good. Might be one leaf, but hey, it's it's lettuce. Be careful. Cami is editing you, Romy, to make sure you're actually doing what you say you're doing. No. Uh, talk about what Rousseau Farming Company grows round, you know, throughout the year, 12 months out of the year. What are the leafy so we greens grow, we're going to um, have? A lot of these, the leafy green items, the cabbage and the baby leaf, the spinach, kale and chards, um, romaine, iceberg. But um, we also grow broccoli, carrots. Um, we do dry onions, um, parsley, cilantro, beets, and leeks. Um, what else do we do? Uh, a lot of sweet corn in the You're summer. You're still doing the sweet and corn then and then the, the melons. watermelons and the, the cantaloupe. So we kind of we're a unique company where we don't travel from California into Arizona, depending on the season. Um, we stay here in Maricopa County, and we just change the commodities that we can grow depending on the weather but or it's, the time of year it is. It's basically the entire cornucopia. <laughs> I love that word if I say it right now. Of every fruit and vegetable, almost, that you can imagine coming out of this one farm here in Maricopa County. And Russo Farming Company, they've been around for quite some time. They're a generational farm family. Uh, have met nearly all of them, good people, love mm-hmm. what they do, like committed it. and passionate about the people they work with and for. The, it's a really neat family farm. So uh, the other point to that, too, then, is if farms like Russo Farming Company, I think of also John Bolt's, I say, speak of him a lot because I always pull a lot of these statistics from John well, his family, they farm in Yuma, and they're doing a cornucopia of a lot of these leafy greens and mm-hmm. different crops throughout the year. Basically, Arizona is planting or harvesting 12 months out of the year, which is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. So and because of that, especially in the winter, when we go into the grocery store, talk a little bit. We're having access, even if it's not always identified. If it's a leafy green, there's a very high chance that in the produce aisle, you're getting it from an Arizona farm. You're right. Yeah, from the months of November to about March or April, um, you pretty much, if you're eating in Arizona, it's probably been grown in Arizona because of just the, the vast majority of family and our farms that we have here. So um, even though, like you said, it doesn't have Russo Farming specifically on it, it'll have those other larger larger shipping companies. Well, and you even identified. mentioned that you guys private label for a lot. Yeah. So even if it's not Russo, it still may have come mm-hmm. from Russo. It'll say a Safeway kind, or fries on there. Kind of like your eggs. You, there's, what, 12 different options when you pick out eggs, but 90% of them are all Hickman's. They're just labeled differently. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. No, it's the same thing with uh with, with Russo mm-hmm. and produce. And, Romy, you mentioned some of the health benefits, but when it, especially at my age, this is a vitamin that's more important to me. The vitamin K contained in dark leafy vegetables is good for protecting bones from osteoporosis and helping pre- prevent inflammatory diseases. So some of the minerals and vitamins that we're getting in our leafy, green, leafy greens, we don't even think about. So when we commit ourselves to eating more of that and blend it into a very balanced diet, we're getting an array of vegetables or vitamins that we didn't even think our vegetables were provi- providing for us. So that's kind of a cool thing. And um, 
I feel like, considering what our farmers and ranchers can do here in the state of Arizona and provide so much local produce, even though sometimes we're not as visible because the farms, especially our ranches, are way out there in the middle of nowhere, uh, we really have access to more local food than we're thinking about. Because then on the flip side of it, and Rosu, Ro, Russo Farms even has this, you have a market in the summer. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we just we operate a market like Memorial Day to Fourth of July, where we the the commodities that we have during that time period are watermelons, um, sweet corn. We do some of the green chilies, the Anaheim green chilies are really good and popular. We roast them, and then we trade out some other items with some other farms, like tomatoes um, that we don't necessarily grow, but there's other farms in the valley that do. And uh, when you were talking about the health benefits, it is important, especially if people are doing their New Year's resolutions, they're trying to add in a lot more of those nutrients. And as the prices of food in general are going up, um, you're you want to look for those um, commodities or those type items that have the higher nutrients by serving count, so that you're you're not necessarily having to spend as much to get that nutrient that um, nutrients that you need. So it's just another way to look at it. That the value proposition is there. A lot of times too, they say that if we will eat based on the season. So right now we're in the winter season. So what are our winter vegetables? And it goes back to your point that. Um, the density, the mineral density, the vitamin, all those minerals and vitamins are really good. And if someone wants to figure out what are the, you know, seasonal crops or seasonal vegetables, I always tell them to go to fillyourplate.org because we do have a seasonal chart for all four seasons. So, and that kind of helps with making sure that you're eating seasonally and always asking yourself what fruits and vegetables should I add to my balanced diet. Stuff yeah, like that. and the the seasonal aspect goes into the same like if you're trying to eat on a budget or look at those commodities that are might be a little um, cheaper. It, they're usually the ones that are in season because you're not having to haul them across state lines to get them, or you know they're not coming, um, you know, across the, the border or anything. So it's and so we know our leafy greens right now are in season, and we need to be. <laughs> Eating yes. more of them. Yes. So uh, in your own diet, what are some of your favorite recipes? What uh, you say you eat what you grow. So talk about yeah, your diet. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like cauliflower right now is a big one. Like I said, you can add it into your smoothie. They have those riced or crumbled ones now that are really easy. And um, I really just like a basic wedge salad, honestly, an iceberg wedge. I just think it's such a classic. Um, I'm not a big blue cheese dressing, but I'll put it with ranch dressing. And then, so, I mean, you're not getting as healthy, but you're still adding in that, that, um, it's at least having you eat it. So, (laughs) yeah. And then I, like I said, I really like the smoothies when it, cause it doesn't, it doesn't actually take that long to do it either. People sometimes are like, Oh, food prepping or doing a smoothie in the morning. It's pretty easy. It's actually easier than making, you know, an egg burrito or whatever. You're just putting everything in the blender. The hardest part is cleaning the blender afterwards, but um, you can mix any of these items and something like that. And then kale, I think I've mentioned before, but kale, um, a lot of people don't like kale, but I found that if you just kind of saute it and you put it with some soy sauce, it's like really good made that way. It's just... I really like well, the, the thing with kale with me, it's chalky. Yeah. And, and by itself, it's like, 
<clears throat> trying to swallow it. But, I mean, yeah, you do have to kind of lighten it up a little bit. I know of a place in Scottsdale that does this uh, kale salad with smoked salmon and homemade hummus. Mm. And I can eat that all day. It's right. outstanding. The last time you were on the show, though, y'all mentioned how salad has now uh, permeated into the breakfast table. Mm-hmm. And Correct. there's a restaurant in town that I love to go to. They do a um, what they call a skinny which is egg whites, chicken sausage, but they'll put a mound of greens with their uh, vinaigrette on there. Mm. Uh, maybe once or twice a week I'll have that. It's yeah, awesome. that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think kale, the, the trick to that is just chopping it up really finely and mixing it in, in a salad with other greens, and then it's not it doesn't have that chalkiness. And then obviously the dressing, like you mentioned, just really changes it up a little bit you just have to get a little creative Romy. <laughs> you, you have to add so many things you can't taste it <laughs> <laughs> there you go i mean it's like when you have kids you have to just sneak that stuff in right <laughs> so that they don't know that they're having the green stuff I printed off the press release y'all published this week. It was a follow-up to your annual Farm Bureau Conference. It sets the prior. One of the things that's accomplished in the annual meeting is y'all have the priority set for 22 for the next year. And it was broken down into seven different categories. There were some interesting ones on there. You know, water's always a big one. The hydropower was a one that I really kind of focused on because I think there's a lot of interesting things that are coming down the line and and hydropower we've got you know the electricity generation that we have in dams but the amount of technology that's going into what they call wave energy power you know ocean driven that some of the turbines that they have that these boats and they drop these big propellers into the water and as the tides come in and out and they spin the turbines and it creates electricity i'm looking at that and i'm like how many canals do we have that constantly move water? How easy would it be to drop some of those hydro propellers into the canals that could generate its own electricity to pump itself to the next station? We need to put you on one of those committee meetings so that we can... Uh, they're actually talking about things that we kind of had shelved because of the expense and cost of using that technology. But we're... And it's not just Arizona Farm Bureau, but I mean, it's everybody. There's this collaborative effort to look at everything to try to maximize our opportunities with water. Yeah. And it's it's very important issue. So that's why we list our priority issues. That's, by the way, up on our blog on azfb.org or just Google Arizona Farm Bureau. But I had a final question for Cammie. What's next in the industry as it relates to growing fruits and vegetables or specifically leafy greens? Well, as, as in the Arizona LGMA, I think what's next is we're really, um, we continue to just go and look at each one of our sections in our um, practices. And really, we open it up for open comment, comment in a public setting. And then industry can comment. Um, universities can comment. All the scientists, researchers that are working on things. And then we come up with you know the best practices again. So we're really just continue to go down each one of those sections and analyze them and make sure that they're the most up-to-date Um, practices that we can present. And then we just continue to expand our training um, programs and resources and update those. And it's something that even if you're not growing Arizona or 
lettuce or leafy greens, you're growing watermelons or you're growing broccoli or you're in Iowa and you're growing corn. These are um, training resources that other growers can utilize. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they can um, we can ship them to you and they're in flip charts and you can go through and train your employees. And all of that is um, updated to the produce safety rules. So even if you're not a member of the marketing agreement and you're, you are subject to the produce safety rule by the FDA, then you're, that's something that you can use in your company to train your employees. Insider information here. I even heard the federal government looked at a lot of the protocols, your safety procedures here in Arizona because we have a very robust and constantly, to your point, self-evaluating process to make sure we keep improving as we go forward. Yeah, there was a lot of um, regulators that were collaborating with industry and and looking at the uh, marketing agreement in Arizona and California and using that as, um, you know, a tool, I guess, to write the, the produce safety rule as well. So there's a lot of, when the produce safety rule came out, um, the a lot of the growers that were in the leafy green were already in compliance. There was a couple things that we had to tweak. Um, and now the FDA is uh, trying, their final, or they have a new comment period for uh, water that's finally come out. So um, we're looking at that and making any adjustments we need. But um, yeah, I think our industry is is ready for the future and we're, um, we're working with researchers and making sure that we um, provide the safest product to our consumers at the end of the day. That's really what's important to us. Thank you, because I want to keep eating my leafy greens. <laughs> Yeah, especially the ones that are Romy grown. Once is uh, three or four in a year. <laughs> he wants to keep eating those, so. and especially the ones that are grown here in Arizona. And a word of caution, you know, when you're talking about the federal government coming and looking to you for safety, you know, in medieval times, that was the taste tester. Right. <laughs> yeah. that so, that's so a good true. point. <laughs> so be careful well, what opportunity we, you're presented with. Right. The, Good point. The designated uh, server servant to the king who always had to drink the cup before the king did and test what was on his plate before he ate it. And they'd just sit around and see if he started having a spasm. And then, oh, okay, well, we won't eat that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to support the local Farm Bureau, aside from you know being cognizant of what you're buying at the grocery store and finding those local products that we talk about every month, you can also sign up at... Uh, farmbureau.org for an annual membership 60 bucks yep 60 bucks and it's once a year and it's well worth it we uh, provide a lot of resources including who are some of your local farmers and ranchers and we have fun it's all in the family at arizona farm bureau all in the family (laughs) we have fun with it no there's a lot of great benefits that uh you know not only for farmers, but everyday consumers, Sanderson Ford, if you're a Farm Bureau member, it's 500 bucks off your vehicle right. uh, immediately. The, the list of, of benefits that are on there, y'all put together are very nice. The reality of it, the 20... That, that's $60 a year yes. should save you at least 600 if you're paying attention. We have 25,000 members, actually over 25,000 members. The majority of them are non agriculture members of the farmers and ranchers that are members like Cami and Russo Farming Company. It's only about 2,700, but 25,000 members in the Arizona Farm Bureau family. Thanks for supporting the Farm Bureau. That's great. And you can go to fillyourplate.org. That's a Farm Bureau put out to connect you with local farms, ranches, and your community, along with a lot of great recipes on how to prepare those meals. Thank you, Romy. 